Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. 6.30 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 6.30 Chad. Well, happy Friday to all of you. What a gorgeous day in the city of Edmonton. Beautiful day. Not so beautiful when you talk about the sports world and COVID-19. My, oh my, it was a rough, rough day. The Toronto Blue Jays had a positive case of a player. It's in the, it's on their top 40 roster. Uh, we don't know who it is, but their uh, spring training complex in Dunedin, Florida has been shut down. The Phillies who are in Clearwater, they're about five miles from Toronto's, uh, had five players, three staff members testing positive for the virus. In the uh, P- On the PGA Tour, Nick Watney had to withdraw from the RBC Heritage, uh, felt, didn't feel so well this morning, and then had a test and found out that he tested positive for the virus. So he must self-isolate for at least 10 days under the PGA Tour protocols. He was playing with uh, Luke List and Vaughn Taylor. And Vaughn Taylor, you can tell him his, in this clip in his voice, he is absolutely shocked. I was a little shocked, to be honest. Um, heart started racing, got a little nervous. So, um, you know, just hope Nick's doing well and, um, you know, we get through this. So that means contract tracing, a uh, contact tracing has to take place. So Taylor has to be also tested, list the caddies, anybody else, driving range, greens, wherever, that has to take place. Uh, Tampa Bay Lightning, they shut down their facilities uh, yesterday, five team employees. Now it's been rumored the three players are among these employees uh, tested positive for the virus. The Lightning facility has been shut down. There is a hot rumor out there that Austin Matthews of the Toronto Maple Leafs has has tested positive and is self isolating in uh, his home in Arizona for the next 14 days. But the Toronto Maple Leafs will not confirm that. The NHL has confirmed, however, that since Phase 2 began on June the 6th, there have been over 200 tests and 11 positive cases of players. They are not named. Uh, The NHL players are not named at all. So uh, a positive development. We talked about it yesterday. The fact that the uh, federal government has relaxed the quarantine rules and this is uh, this is big time huge. Uh, the fact that the uh, hub cities that are bidding in Canada, Edmonton, Vancouver, Toronto, uh, they're allowed to have a cohort quarantine. But Christia Freeland, who's a deputy prime minister, says you must adhere to local health authority and with their protocols. I want to emphasize that it will be very important for the NHL and for players Uh, to continue to work very closely with public health officers and to follow all of their instructions. We could know who the hub cities are probably in a week, maybe a bit longer. The NHL is taking their time. And the players say Major League Baseball has told the union that they will not play more than 60 games during the 2020 regular season. It has been absolute debacle major league baseball the negotiations between the owners and players good evening dave campbell in for reed wilkins for the final night tonight this was supposed to be week two of the cfl season tomorrow we should have had 
the Edmonton Eskimos at home to the Ottawa Red Blacks. And tonight, it should have been Solomon Elamimian and the Saskatchewan Rough Riders at home at New Mosaic Stadium in a, in a great atmosphere against the Montreal Alouettes. But sadly, Solomon, that's not happening. Uh, welcome to Inside Sports. Uh, how you doing? Hey, I'm doing good. Uh, thanks for having me. Nice to have you uh, aboard here. Now, we do. this is a standard... Uh, or the way we start interviews here. Tell us, where are you? How are you and your family doing through this uh, COVID-19 pandemic? Uh, thanks for asking. I'm actually in Vancouver. Um, I'm, you know, doing good. Family's doing well. Uh, most of my family uh, pretty much stays in the States. So everybody's doing good right now. And, um, the, you know, that's a blessing, um, given, you know, a lot of uncertainty uh, around the world. And, um, you know, obviously with the, with the COVID pandemic, but also with the, you know, Black Lives Matter movement, um, you know, everybody's doing good. So thanks for asking. Yeah, for sure. And, uh, you know, we're going to talk about the, uh, the labor situation between uh, the CFL and the Players Association. We'll do that in a little bit. But you mentioned the Black Lives Matter movement. It has been uh, in the news cycle for the last, what, three, four weeks since the, the, the tragic death of George Floyd. And, you know, this is a big day today because it's Juneteenth. And in, back in 1960 or 1865 on this day, slavery ended and a very important moment in black history. And I'll tell you what, Solomon, um, I, 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 I knew about this day, but obviously it goes kind of in the back burner. But I think it just shows for myself and I, and I hope a lot of people say the same thing. I need to be better in learning more about black history and learning more about uh, the Black Lives Matter movement. And we all got to step up our game. I think we all do. But uh, th this is a very important day in black history. And we got to honor it properly, in my opinion. And I, I think you kind of, you know, you, you kind of said it best. You know, a lot of, you know, a lot of, um, you know, important history things that really aren't taught to us. And, you know, I think people are demanding that, um, you know, awareness and information, uh, you know, reaches people. So, you know, we can understand the significance of a day like this, you know, Juneteenth and, you know, the, um, you know, um, a lot of good things that, you know, black people have, um, you know, done for, you know, America and Canada, right? There's a long history, um, you know, past slavery that a lot of, you know, a lot is not brought to light. And I think a lot of people are, you know, bringing it to light. I see a lot of companies, a lot of um, NFL, NBA teams are, um, you know, doing right by Juneteenth and bringing it to light and, you know, honor it, honor it, it the way the way it should be. And that brings me to my next uh, point or question here to you, Solomon. Are, are you seeing more of a movement in the direction of that we have to end the racial and social injustice much more than we ever have before that we're taking it more seriously we're not going to stand for it anymore are you starting to see that this is starting to be attacked more i don't know if attacked is the right word but you know what i mean yeah. that we need to yeah. take this seriously and we need to get rid rid our world of this stuff a hundred percent you know it's, it's everywhere and that's a good thing because you know before it was just black people protesting minorities protesting now you know the great thing it's young people it's people from all races saying you know what this is affecting our society. This is not the world that I want to live or raise my, my kids in. And we all have a part. It's not just the you know, the black the black person or the the brown person. It's everybody has a part to play. And then in, you know, systemic racism and, and the the crazy part is how deep it goes. You know, those past police brutality, you know, you have the criminal uh court system and obviously, you know, the you know, education. There's it's really deep rooted and 
Now, the things that Malcolm X and Martin Luther King were talking about about in the 60s, you know, the change is not happening fast enough. But one thing I am seeing is people are calling for a change. And, you know, it's all about creating actual items and avenues where people that want to help can effectively help to uh, affect change and rid our world of uh, systemic racism. And that's the one good thing about the Canadian Football League is it's always been an inclusive type of league. Of course, diversity of strength is one of the big, uh, big uh, programs and slogans, and and they're living by it as well. And it's not perfect, but I think overall that it seems that the CFL really gets it when it comes to the inclusion part of of the league. Yeah, I think there's an um, opportunity, but more, you know, frankly, there's obligation, um, you know, to bring. Uh, uh, this issue of, um, you know, systemic racism to light, and I think the players have a role to play in that. I've had some good talks with uh, Randy, um, you know, last couple of weeks of how the players can lead initiative and create sort of a, a grassroots movement and different programs that the CFL would support. So from that standpoint, you know, I'm positive that we can create something that's um, sustainable and something that, you know, really affects change in, in a way that we're all proud of. Solomon Elamimian joining us from from uh, the Saskatchewan Rough Riders. He's the middle linebacker. He's also another important role in within the Canadian Football League as he's the president of the CFL Players Association. Joining us tonight on six thirty, Chad Inside Sports. Okay, we had Ryan King on the show, who's on the uh, executive board on Tuesday, and uh, it seems like a lot has happened since then. Solomon, uh, you actually got a phone call or an email or something from the from the league saying, "Okay, let's talk." Uh, what's the latest as far as uh, when meetings are going to start and when you get down to brass tacks, you're in trying to play a 2020 season. Yeah, so we, as you noted, yesterday we had uh, formally been invited uh, through an email letter um, to join in the CBA uh, negotiations to work with, you know, the, their COVID uh, recovery plan that will deal with 21 uh, and beyond. You know, our focus is um, 2020 season and making sure that, you know, there's a decision made so our players can find uh, certainly. So I, I, I think that um, early next week we will have some, you know, initial initial talks with the CFL to understand what uh, the proposal is, understand what direction they would like to, uh, you know, to go. Obviously, we have an idea, but until something is, you know, formally put down, it's just that an idea. And it's a chance for you, I believe, uh, and correct me if I'm wrong, uh, to actually table out what you have because you have been it's not like the PA has been sitting there waiting for communication and saying, okay, well, tell us what you got. You have, you have some ideas as well that hopefully you'll get a chance. Well, you will get a chance to express. Am I correct? Yeah, yeah, exactly. We, we've been, you know, thinking and we've been putting some things down on our side. Um, and we have some really good ideas to bring value to CFL and to bring value to our members. We, we do believe that our members are an important part of the CFL. And I think for so long, we haven't felt the partnership that's, um, you know, that, you know, that should be there. Um, and, you know, what I think it is important focus that we do currently have a CBA. Um, and, you know, until um, that's changed, you know, we, we're currently operating on the, on the CBA that, you know, that doesn't run, run out um, till, uh 2021, at the end of 2021 season. It seems like a delicate balance to me that, you know, and obviously 
I think all sides want a 2020 season if it's feasible and it's not going to be easy if you don't have fans in the stands or if you're, you're going to have limited fans in the stands if, if, if the decision is not hub cities, if it is play in your own parks. Um, that's a, a huge revenue generator for the league. And even though they probably need to rethink how they generate revenue, that's probably never going to be uh, a factor that goes away. It will always be a gate-driven league. Um, the hub cities are expensive. Uh, there's there's a lot of things that that have to be considered here. Is it a tough balance to see? You know, you, you have to weigh playing trying to play in 2020, but like you said, 2021 is another factor as well. So, yeah. is it a tough balance to make sure that this season is viable, but make sure beyond this season is viable? Well, I think the biggest thing is making sure that you know if a 2020 season is possible, and more importantly. It's health and safety. That's the number one priority. If it's safe and if if, it's, uh, if we get the green light from health officials, then, you know, the indication I've received as president is our players do want to play a 2020 season. And, you know, reasonably, you know, they love the game. Um, and, you know, also a lot of our players haven't been paid since, you know, uh, last November. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, I think the health and safety is the number one thing. And, you know, I think from our end is the communication part of things. And, you know, we feel like we can, we, if we, you know, there's things that we can work through right now that, you know, uh, will, will, will lend us to a better result if we do get the green lights from the health and safety officials. But certainly we, we want to work on it. Um, there's things in the 2020 CBA that would have to be amended. And those are um, talks that we look forward to having. How do you handle, and we're joined by Solomon Elamimian, who's middle linebacker for the Saskatchewan Rough Riders and president of the CFL Players Association here on 630 Ched Inside Sports tonight. Um, you know, there's a lot of frustration from your membership. Uh, there's a lot of players that wanted to know the plan. And I will say this too, that when Randy Ambrosi released his statement yesterday, uh, I think there was a lot of players that said, okay, thank you. Thank you very much. It was very appreciative. But there's still a lot of players that are upset. And, you know, Ryan King, I thought, you know, came out on Tuesday on this show and, you know, was uh, was very, uh, you know, I think he, he had a good balance of, you know, being frustrated but being also realistic and being hopeful as well. Uh, we saw John Bowman. I read an article today in the Montreal Gazette about, and he was a bit stronger, and that's how John usually tends to speak <laughs> is a little bit more direct. But, uh, you know, he says a lot of things within the league have to be changed. But how do you, how do you handle as the president – uh, you're not muzzling anyone, but is there kind yeah. of like a balance you have to seek for uh, for your membership to well, well, balance? Well, don't want to get think, too frustrated, but you want to yeah. kind of stay a little bit kind of even keel? Yeah, I think it's important for people to understand, especially, you know, fans and people listening right now, that, you know, there is going to be natural emotions, especially at the time when, you know, there's no certainty. And, you know, a, a lot of our players, pretty much all our players are faced with, you know, life decisions of how to take care of the family. And for people to say, well, the CFL players have to have patience, you know, you got to understand that right now everybody is getting paid except for the players. So I think that's a little insensitive because, as yeah. I'm sure you know, there's going to be players that have to make decisions, um, you know, right now about whether they can keep waiting to have a 2020 season or maybe they have to move on to take care of the family. So, absolutely, um, you know, that's not an easy thing. And I think more so – there's a culture of, of, of lack of communication. And you know what? I like Randy personally, and and it goes past Randy because I was a player during Jeffrey Orge and um, Kohan as well as when they were commissioners. And it's a culture the CFL has that 
doesn't include the players in the, in the meaningful partnership. And we have to do a, bit, a better job of bridging that gap. And I feel like, you know, everything has been kind of a perfect storm where guys are, you know, frustrated. And I think the CFL has to change its approach on how they communicate and uh, deal with the players as the number one stakeholders, right? And, you know, we know the sacrifices the players have made for this game. And um, certainly our players feel like we, we want to be treated uh, fairly. And, and that's all we've been asking for this whole time is communicating with us on a regular basis so we can make, you know, the best informed decision, you know, uh, during this tough time. And we're not saying the CFL will have all the answers. We, we, we certainly know they won't, but there's a way to work through it. And what we've been frustrated with is a lack of engagement, meaningful engagement. You know, when the CFL is having a uh, return to um, the hub city models, we've had one meeting with them in terms of what the hub city model might look like. And that was, mm -hmm. I believe, last Monday with, with you know, Brian, uh, with Brian Rams, our executive director. We're saying this. You guys are working. We're sure you guys are working. We want to be involved. We want to be able to let our players know um, because, like I said, they have, you know, they have families and we have to make decisions based off, you know, the best information that, that, that we have. Yeah, well, well said, Solomon. And I wish you all the best during this uh, these negotiations. And um, I think we want all sides to come to an agreement. We want all sides to to find a way to play if it's possible. But I think all sides want to find a way to make sure that this league is going to be viable for next year, five years, ten years, fifty years down the road. So appreciate the work you're doing. Uh, great job, Solomon. And uh, I'm sure we'll talk again here on Inside Sports. Thank you. Uh, no worries. Thanks for having me. And to all the fans out there, we want to just thank you guys for your continued support and patience. Uh, we know it's definitely not an easy time, but, you know, I think you said it, Dave. You know, we're trying to make sure that this league is, you know, not just survives but thrives because we, you know, I believe it's, you know, the greatest game, you know, in the, um, in the world. It's done a lot for me and my family, and I know it's done a lot for, um, you know, our players as well. Take care, Solomon. Thank you. Stay safe, okay? Thanks, Dave. Thanks for having me back. That is Solomon Elamimian. He is the middle linebacker for the Saskatchewan Rough Riders and the president of the CFL Players Association. Conversation with Solomon Elamimian, who uh, should have been suiting up tonight for Saskatchewan Rough Riders against the Montreal Alouettes. We're uh, supposed to be in week two of the CFL season. We're going to have to stop doing this. I'm going to have to stop just referring that this was supposed to be. Just get over it. Hopefully they're going to play in September some way, somehow. Well, she loves golf. She loves sports. She's a heck of a on-air personality for Global Sports Edmonton, and she is the daughter of the legendary Rod Phillips. Quinn Phillips from Global Sports will join us next on Inside. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply sports Dave Campbell for Reed Wilkins tonight Reed back on Monday 
when we go back to our traditional 605 spot, six to eight, back to two hours. So that's really cool. Of course, we're in a COVID-19 pandemic. So I will say uh, that's the plan because you never know how things can change. And wow, did things change in a, well, I don't know, they changed, but man, this was a kind of a gut punch kind of a day when it comes to sports and, and COVID-19. We've had several gut punches as well. Uh, RBC Heritage, there's a Canadian that's in the mix uh, Webb Simpson with the lead at 12 under par, and Corey Connors uh, is 11 under, tied with Bryson DeChambeau and his big guns, uh, 11 under par. So that's what's happening there, except the uh, downside, Nick Watney tests positive for COVID-19. So now the contact tracing has to be done. Uh, his foursome or his uh, group with Vaughn Taylor, Luke List, they have to be uh, tested now. Caddies, anywhere he, everywhere Watney went, uh, driving range, putting green, wherever it was, um, he's got to be tested. Not a, not a good day. Well, uh, you know, for, uh, we, I, like I keep saying, I'm, I, I don't want to keep referencing that things are should be happening and not happening, but this is reality that if we had a CFL season, I would see this person a lot more than I have lately, which I haven't seen this particular individual till probably, I don't know, last time was what, November? Uh, good friend and one of my favorite people around in the business, it's, it's Quinn Phillips from Global Sports. Quinn, how you doing, my friend? Oh, what kind words. Thank you, Dave. Uh, I am good. I honestly just got off the golf course and literally just sprinted to my car to plug my phone in so I have enough juice to get through this. Oh, very good. Well, I'm glad that you took enough care to do that, to, to sprint. A good thing you're in shape, so that, that is awesome. Uh, uh, how's the golf game going, uh, by the way? And I know you've been out a lot because I followed you. I follow you on Instagram, and uh, you're always uh, uh, on Instagram stories uh, showing us your 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 time on the golf course. Um, my back nine was very good. Um, I yeah, I I've been golfing a lot, but unfortunately, I'm not really getting a lot better. <laughs> Isn't that the story of a lot of golfers, sadly? <laughs> Pardon? Isn't that the story of a lot of golfers, sadly? <laughs> oh yeah, that's exactly it. But it's it's so funny. Like I had the the back nine of my life today so that's exciting that's a really good that is forward. very exciting yeah i shot a 40 yeah so. for sure uh yeah. tell me what it's been like uh back on the course is what it's been about six weeks seven weeks now since uh since the province uh alberta alberta health has allowed golf to come back and obviously there's different rules and i know reed reed has told me a few things uh uh, about uh, his experience but you've been out on the course a lot uh, is is it a lot different you know what? To be honest, no, it's not. The, people are just so used to, to being apart on the golf course, right? And, I mean, in a perfect world, we would all hit it to the same place, and, and that would be in the middle of the fairway, and then we would hit it into the middle of the green, but that's not the reality. So you really do keep your space. I'm also a walker, so that really helps you keep your space from people because you're not hopping in a cart with with somebody else so but i mean golf courses has have been really good like they're giving everybody their own carts um you feel safe out there you're getting fresh air you're getting out like i mean today was just a scorcher out there it was beautiful so it's yeah it's it's really good for the mental health i will say that and i know people have been kind of preaching that before and non-golfers don't really get it but it's uh it's 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 a game changer in terms of the mental health and it just kind of brings some normalcy back to your life after all that we've been through 
Yeah, there's no question about it, Quinn. And uh, I mean, t- today is kind of a reminder of the reality we live in with uh, with the the positive test that shut down the the, the Lightning facility in Tampa and 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 the uh, Blue Jays facility in Florida and the Phillies facility in Florida. And now there's you know uh, reports that Austin Matthews may have tested positive for the virus. The Leafs won't say anything. The the NHL is saying eleven. Uh, positive cases out of 200 plus tests since phase two started in June 6th and oh look at that NBA MLS WNBA they want to start their leagues in Florida and MLB can't get it figured out Um, it's uh, man today was like I almost felt like today and this week has been bad too because of and you are very passionate about university sports like Reed and I are because we do a lot of it on on this on this show and you and kevin and john do a lot of a lot of university sports on on global sports um it's just been kind of a reminder of just of the reality we're in it's it's been kind of brutal uh yeah it's it has been really brutal and i mean (laughs) i've also been on holidays this week so that is certainly taken away from the holidays because it's really hard not to start thinking about what if we don't have sports until well into 2021, right? Mm-hmm. Because it's just, it's, I, I hate to say that, but it's kind of starting to feel that way just because I don't know how you don't get guys that will get sick or test positive for this because it's, it's just everywhere. And especially in the U.S., I mean, and Canada, as we all know, has done like a much better job. Um, but you've got a lot of like... You know, like they're talking about doing this in the U.S., like anything, and and you know, people are very contagious down there, and it, and it's you can go to the grocery store and be worried about it. Whereas here, I feel like you you go to the grocery store and I still wash down my groceries, but I'm I'm not as afraid of it as I would be if I were somewhere where you know there was thousands upon thousands of positive tests. But mm-hmm. um, no, this week this week has been tough because. I mean, U of A, like you said, is such a huge part of our coverage and such a huge part of local sports and something that we really like to bring to people because nobody else does it, right? It's, it's, it's us in the local scene, and it doesn't get national attention mm-hmm. until nationals, right? Um, and, and that's now gone, and I absolutely love doing those sports because I love those student athletes, and I just, I, my heart is broken for them. Yeah, no, for sure. It's uh, it's a tough reality. Those kids are, uh, you know, they work very hard and they're very dedicated. The coaches are very dedicated. And, uh, you know, we had Ian Reid on earlier, the athletic director, and said if we don't do this now, we're, we might threaten the program. But you just hate to see it. And, you know, going back to just like, what you were saying earlier about uh, the, the 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 virus spreading and just making sure athletes are safe and the general public is safe. I mean, I want to get excited about an, an NHL restart. I want to get excited about possibly the CFL playing. I want to get excited about other sports coming back. But it's just and, and people said to me today all over on Twitter, uh, a lot of people on Twitter saying, well, they're going to be in a bubble. I go, I understand that. But I think it's the point of it's from now until they get into the bubble. That makes me nervous right now. Well, and just, I mean, and, you know, like, yeah, they'll be in a bubble, but that said, they're human beings, and you're asking a lot of these athletes to stay in that bubble completely, you know? And so it just takes one breach of that bubble, and you don't know what's going to happen even once they're playing, right? So Mm -hmm. you're asking so much of players right now, and I just, 
I just I just don't know how that's going to go if if we even get there. And and again, like it just. You know, this this feels like two steps backwards. Like we were taking one step forward, and and this definitely feels like two steps backwards now this week. Yeah, for sure it does. As Quinn Phillips joins us from Global Sports here on 6:30, Jed, Inside Sports. I had the pleasure, Quinn, of working with a, a fellow by the name of Rod Phillips from uh, 1995 to 2003. I uh, produced Never a lot of order games from the. From... Never heard of him, eh? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, you know what? Like, there's there's three people that have been most influential in my career. Uh, I would say Morley Scott has been one. Brian Hall's been another one. And, yes, he is your dad, Rod Phillips. Uh, that's just me from, you know, just a guy that, that you know, has known, that knew Rod for uh, and worked with him for a while. Um, I know about Rod the broadcaster. I know about Rod the, you know, the, 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 the play-by-play voice. But... I, and you know that you know that side of your dad as well. But tell me about Rod Phillips, the dad. What what is he like as a, as your father? Uh, what comes to mind is that we're just two days away from Father's Day. Oh man, where do I even start? Well, my favorite thing is people always ask, like, does he do the play by play of dinner? Like, you know, passing the peas and stuff like that. No, he never did that. Um, my dad, uh, he is such and i'm i i hope that you've seen this and i'm sure you have because he he's he's such a kind person he's a real teddy bear um like a real sensitive soul everybody saw that when he did wayne gretzky's retirement and he started crying um Mm -hmm. he a, a great dad a great athlete um always up for a good time always up for a laugh uh, really influenced my humor. Like I thought he was one of the funniest people I've ever met growing up. Um, but then also, I mean, the, the real side, and he's he's just going to kick my butt for this, but <laughs> he's a worrier. I remember there was one time I came home way after curfew, and I wasn't even doing anything wrong. I was at a friend's house watching a movie. There was about 10 of us, but I left my cell phone in the car so he couldn't get a hold of me. And I got home at about 3 in the morning, and he was just standing in the doorway. And he just looked at me and said, we'll talk in the morning, which is just the most harrowing thing as a uh, as a, a daughter to hear that from your dad and my mom said that he was he was out you know pacing the sidewalk just waiting for my car to drive up and that breaks my heart I felt so bad but um <laughs> you know so that that is one sign of him that people probably didn't see but he's also the, the patient man who you know taught me how to throw taught me how to catch would run down the street when I would miss the throw and and throw it way over his head and he'd go get the ball and um, yeah, those are some of my memories of him and, and spending a lot of time at the rink with him too. I loved doing that. So, yeah, for sure. And, you know, one other question I want to ask you is, um, is how you dealt with the, the, with the job. Cause I, you know, when I started doing the games from the station, you know, and I would hear on, on the talk back during a, a commercial break and, Rod and Morley would talk about, well, I miss this of my kids. I miss that of my kids. Um, but at the same time, I mean, the, those two are, are tremendous parents, uh, tremendous father, you know, dads. They are, they, they, they are as dedicated. Uh, it, it, it just, you know, they, you can tell just how much they love their kids just by, by hearing the, 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 the banter there. But, you know, how, how did you deal with, 
the uh, the fact that he was gone a lot, and how did he deal with the fact that he was gone a lot, and to make make sure that you know you and 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 your brother Devin and and your mom were always felt like you were you were thought of and cared for. Yeah, um, you know, as I will be honest, like as a kid, that's you just grow up with that, right? So you, you don't know any differently. Like it was normal because my birthday is in the at the end of September, so that mm-hmm. it was always in the preseason, and so he was always either working or on the road. But it was just it was normal for my dad not to be there and i mean i know i can speak for my brother too we loved the fact that our dad did what he did um so there was never any resentment about it right because it was just so cool that rod phillips was your dad and you know like he would take a limo to the to the airport to to fly out with the team and he would drop us off in the limo like he he would do the little special things like that to certainly make us feel like you know, that was the coolest thing in the world. Um, he called all the time, you know, spend a lot of time on the phone with him. He would check in to see how things were going. And then, I mean, you always have the summers, right? And and so he would make sure, like, we would, we would go on wonderful family vacations in the summer and spend a lot of time together. Um, but I know I always assured Gene Principe and, and guys like that that it's, I promise you, your kids are just used to it. As hard as it is for you, your kids don't know any differently. So don't worry about them because, you know, like they just probably enjoy watching you do what you do because it's a very cool job. Quinn, I really appreciate you sharing those thoughts on on, on your dad. Uh, it was great to have you on the show. Uh, I love talking to you. I miss talking to you talking to you down at the uh, football uh, Commonwealth. And uh, I hope we can do it at some point soon, but uh, I think we're going to have to wait this out for a while. But uh, you take care of yourself. You stay safe. Uh, same with you and uh, your family as well. Stay healthy and safe. And uh, enjoy Sunday. Uh, enjoy Father's Day as you honor Rod. Yes, I've got him a great gift. And he's I'm working, so he has to make me dinner. So it's perfect. <laughs> <laughs> nice, nice. Take yeah. care, my friend, okay? Okay, thanks, Dave. That is uh, Quinn Phillips from Global Sports calling in from a uh, one of our many golf courses in Edmonton. She golfs a lot and uh, does great work on Global Sports. Appreciate Quinn coming on the show tonight. Back in a moment. Don has done so. It is clear to me that the NHL should just call it quits for the season. More cases in Edmonton, six uh, players on the Florida team on the ice, three positive plus a trainer. Uh, Matthews positive, the U.S. on the increase. Do what, uh, what do we do with these players coming into Canada? What happens if one or more teams have five or six players test positive do we disqualify those teams and continue on don i think it's a concern that uh, and thank you very much for texting in i think it's a concern that everyone has um you have uh, a lot more players coming into a hub and that's why it's going to take a while i think for the nhl even though they're closing in on a decision on one of the two hub cities and i, I do believe there'll be one uh, hub city in canada and we all hope it's edmonton there could be two i don't know i mean the caseloads in canada are a lot different than 
some areas of the U.S., but there's some areas of the U.S. that are doing better than others. But uh, it's just getting everyone into the bubble and making sure that you don't have a lot of cases while you go into the bubble. Because I think once you're secured in the bubble and your cases are, you know, I would say almost zero, if not zero, then if you have a bubble that's tight enough, you should be okay. But that's the question is, to me, it's just how do you get them in? But to me, the, the NHL is, is, is very hell-bent on finishing the season. And same with the NBA, same with other sports, because there's a lot of money riding on it for both the uh, league and the players. And even with players who don't want to play, there's still, you know, a lot of money at stake where it's probably stands to reason why they why they should play, even though uh, the uh, the health side of things are a little bit tough to, to watch right now. But the NHL has said that 11 players have tested positive over uh, with over 200 tests done since phase two has started back on June 6. Austin Matthews rumored to be one of them and that he's uh, self-isolating at his home in Arizona. You had the Lightning who had five employees today test positive. Rumors are three players were among those five. They have shut their facilities down. Jays had a player test positive. Their facility in Dunedin shut down. Phillies had five players, three staff members test positive. Their facilities are shut down. In fact, Major League Baseball is considering shutting it all down right now as far as facilities go. It's, and just re-sanitizing, re-cleaning, make sure that all the ducks in a row and then reopening. Uh, of course, they can't decide if they want to play. And then Nick Watney tests positive and has to leave the PGA Northern um, if, after a positive test today. So it's been a little while today for sure. And uh, by the way, back to the NHL, Canada approving the uh, cohort quarantine plan if uh, one of the three Canadian cities are picked, Edmonton, Vancouver, Toronto, to be a hub city, that the, the 14-day quarantine would be waived and there, there would be a cohort quarantine. So that's a big hurdle. Well, uh, Kellen Kennedy, it's been, uh, what, about uh, 10 weeks, I'd say, that we've been in a one-hour format. Yes. And we're going back to two hours on Monday, which will be exciting. Woohoo! Yeah. There you go. I'm psyched. I'm jacked for it. Yeah, it's been good. And I mean, obviously, we know why uh, with the COVID-19 pandemic. And we've had global news at six uh, for the last 10 weeks uh, from six to seven. And then a one hour show of inside sports. And Mm -hmm. we're in a pandemic and who knows what will happen. But we definitely hope that we can, uh, you know, go as long as we can as a two hour format. So, uh, hey, the uh, regular tour director is back on uh, on Monday. The warden's back the, uh, the the the, the uh, starting goaltender, the starting quarterback, the starter is back. The backup has to give it back to the starter now, Kellen. That's the way it is in sports. There's always the starter. And you're either the starter or the backup. That's it. There you go. It was nice to chat with you all week, my friend. And I know uh, I'm doing sports on the afternoon news all next week. So we're going to chat again some more. Yeah, more that's what I hear for there. sure. It's going to be looking forward to it. You'll be jumping in with Jay Lynn and everybody here. So, uh, yeah, stay tuned. Next week going to be good. But, yeah, two two hours next week? Oh, sign me up. You betcha. Wilkie's back. Have a great Father's Day, everyone. Time for me to go upstairs. Tuck the kids into bed, kiss them goodnight. Enjoy your weekend again. Happy Father's Day. Six thirty, Chad. Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at six on Six Thirty, Chad.